Uh, now with me in the whare, I'm joined with the writers of the stories you just heard, Niwa Begins and Kia ora Bro. Uh, media George, Kia ora Media. Kia ora, Justine. Kia ora, and Jamie McCaskill. Kia ora, Jamie. Tēnā koe, Justine. Kia ora, kia ora kōrua. Kia ora tātou, uh, ko Jamie McCaskill. Tōku ingoa. Uh, uh, ko Ngāti Tamatera Takuiwi, te pai o hauraki. Uh, te marae nō Thames ahau, uh, nō Maungaraki e noho ana ahau i nai anei. Uh, kia ora koutou te whānau o Ahikā. Um, ko Miriam George tōku ingoa. Um, he uri o te arua me ngā te awa me ngā te kuki airani um, no horohoro au uh, kei te whanganui atara e noho ana au um, Now we've just heard, um, as I mentioned before Niwa begins in Kia Bro second season of Skin Writing 2 Of course the series was compiled and produced a few years ago so thank you to our writers who have to kind of you know, um, head back to that period uh, Media, <laughs> you wrote Niwa Begins That's right. um, It's about Niwa wanting to break out of her shower really and learn more about tāmoko yes. uh, much to the anger of Matt who wants her to basically stick to her day job mm-hmm. Now there's an argument that develops between the two, Matt has been, well, sort of sexist. <laughs> um, what was the intention when you wrote Niwa Begins? I loved the idea of skin writing from the very first time that Jason told me about the series. Um, Taumoko and Tatawa are a very important part of my whakapapa and my, um, especially my Cook Islands side of the family. Uh, and so straight away when Jason uh, raised writing for uh, the series, I knew I wanted to see if I could angle Niwa towards being a tamako artist herself. We, um, I find right across the board, and this is something that I'm writing about at the moment in one of my new plays, even though this a series of um, skin writing was written a couple of years ago, yeah. um, that so often Māori women, wahine Māori, get written out of main, get written out of the mainstream. And so I wanted Niwa to have, in this context of um, this series, to have a position of control and that she had um, the knowledge to, um, to give tāmoko as well. And I like the scene, there's a bit of a flashback scene that happens where um, Pushy goes back to her childhood and you can hear the uhi yeah. um, tapped away and she picked it up when she was watching her father, I think. And yeah. he says, That's oh, she right. used to practice on her teddy bears when she was a young girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> Niwa! I don't know, have you seen that girl? I'm a bit busy here, Pushy. I can't blame find her anywhere. <laughs> the problem is, you're looking with your eyes. You'll find her if you look for her with your ears. Hey. Listen. Where's that coming from? Where did you get that kind of inspiration to That write? was a story that um, my dad and my brother had told me about another um, Tatao artist um, from the Pacific. And it was about the rhythm of the uhi, and that really stuck in my head. And so, you know, it's like gems. When you're a writer, you sort of collect gems on the way that um, just embed themselves in your brain. And that was one. And I ended up being able to weave it into um, Niwa Begins. Because I think I actually wrote this episode when I was in the Cook Islands. So there was a lot of sort of a tatao... Cook Island cookie um, <laughs> influence coming in there. 
Kapai. So, Jamie, you wrote Kia ora, bro. Aye. And um, in, in one of the scenes or one of the parts of the story, Kepa, um, who is the young, well, he sounds young. Or, no, maybe he sounds young, but in the story, I think he's more of a pakeke, says to Pushy. Now you being in the heart of Tamuko, your language should be a huge priority. It is Kepa. I mean, I'm surrounded by it all the time, but uh, I have to admit that I don't use it as much as I could, or, or should really. Mm. And then later on he says, Just remember, Ewa, making a mistake in a conversation isn't as permanent as with a tattoo. Mm, true, true, true. Mm. So when you set out to write Kia ora, bro, what was the intention of that, that kind of hard-hitting dialogue? Yeah, I, I guess the the intention of that is Pushy having so much mana within the Tāmoko ta world and not having his, his real is mm. uh, it, it happens in, in, in our world that we live in now. So I guess I wanted to try and um, take away the stigma of of learning te reo Māori, being Māori, and not knowing how to speak uh, your language, and knowing that there are people with a whole lot of mana who also don't ha have their have their language, um, who also will go through their journey of learning it within their life mm -hmm. lifetime. So trying trying to open that up for Māori to learn our own language because there is a stigma. Uh, attached to learning our own language. I and think. there's an assumption, do mm. you think? There's an assumption where you see somebody who is a Tamako artist that yeah. they automatically know. Yeah. And pushy, he becomes vulnerable. Mm. Hey. Yeah, that's right. He becomes whakamai and he becomes yep. shy. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about why you kind of use te reo Māori in that sort of sense? I think um, because te reo and tikanga are separate. So obviously uh, pushy's really up to, up, really knows his tikanga when it comes to Tamako. Um, unfortunately, the Dareo hasn't hasn't come alongside his tikanga. I guess what I want to say is people can be upskilled with tikanga and not have Dareo, and also to be uh, when Pushy is uncomfortable when people are speaking Dareo with him, to uh, have somebody with so much money to be able to open himself up and be vulnerable to learn Dareo Māori at a, at, a, at a later stage in his life. Mm. So Skin Writing Series Two and writing for radio. Now I've talked to Albert Bells about this, and he said that with theatre. Uh, is it fair to say that you're more obviously you're more experienced in theatre? Yeah, playwrights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dominant form. Yeah, dominant form. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to write for theatre because you are familiar with the crew. You can cut scenes when you want to. How does that translate into writing for radio? That's so funny because I think the opposite. It's harder to write for radio um, yep. because with theatre you can cheat and use the visuals. You can use images to push your um, narrative forward. But with radio, you're just relying on the ears of the listeners. So you have to be really precise and really astute, which we, of course, we both are in theatre as well. <laughs> but just saying, um, there's a, there's a, for me, there's an image system yeah. that um, I like to utilise when I'm storytelling in theatre that um, I can't lean on in radio. But it's a really nice challenge. Jamie? Um, I think yeah, writing for radio is... It's quite fun, and I actually look at the possibilities that you can push when when writing for uh, radio, and how how you can use sound um, or atmospheres, especially to uh, take take your audience to use their imagination to try and imagine where they are. I know talking to Jason, who um, who's been the producer yeah. of, of Skin Writing, and talking to him about kind of what possibilities we can go with. So, I've just written kind of a reality television series for radio. Which was a bit of a challenge, <laughs> nice. but, uh, but it's just kind of seeing what we can do within radio. So yeah, I really enjoy it. And and theatre is great for 
for the craft of writing and to really centre yourself and then also try and use other mediums within your writing. It's so great. you've got to condense your story with a beginning, a middle, and an end Yeah. within that 15 minutes, yes. which makes it a little bit harder. Which is hard again, mm. eh? It's mm. like um, thinking of the way to approach um, short film. How do you tell a full story mm. with a beginning, a middle, yeah, and an end, end yeah. in a really compact um, period of time? Yeah. It's challenging. Gosh. And setting the scene, you have characters who work in a tamagal studio. How... Um, important does the scene play when you're writing for skin writing? I mean, was this a good scene to write for? Yeah, it's like Jamie was saying with radio because um, the possibility with sound is endless. You can take your listener anywhere. And um, scenes can add more pressure to your characters. They can put your characters at ease. They're really nice ways to um, create tension, create drama. Um, I really love being in a tattoo studio mm. for the for the yeah. one episode that I wrote. Yes, personally, I really love being in yeah, a tattoo studio. Yeah, because Jason Decutty so. said season one you could hear a lot of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. throughout. I was like, yes. oh, we must be in the part of the studio. <laughs> Kapai. I'm talking to Jamie McCaskill, writer of Kia Ora Bro that we've just heard in media. George, um, who wrote uh, Niwa Begins, skin writing season two. Um, the Ahi Ka Festival kicks off in two days' time. That's right. Jamie, what, what's, it, what's it about? The Ahi Ka Festival is, it's the inaugural festival, is that right? Media? I so it's not the Putahi, it's different to Putahi. Mm. That's right, it's different to Putahi. So the Ahika Festival is, it's the very first year this year, and it is a, a, an awesome initiative of Māori theatre and dance. We've got six companies presenting six shows across four of Wellington's most iconic theatres. Yes. And these are fully formed, fully developed shows. So Jamie's play, Not In Our Neighbourhood, mm. presented by his company, Teacupper Productions, is kicking off the entire festival on the 9th of June. Ahika Festival is a little different to Putahi Festival, which we do in Wellington um, in February of every year. Um, the Putahi Festival is new works and development, more experimental. Um, we had Jamie's show, his show, solo show that he also performs, The More Show, although Jamie could run us through the extended title of that piece. Oh. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, I've lost my train Six of shows, and these are fresh off the Auckland Festival. Is that correct, Media? There is. We have a few of the companies who are coming in have presented at Auckland Festival before. They've presented here right. in Wellington at the New Zealand Festival. Uh, so it's really it's world class uh, theatre and dance that's going to be in Wellington for the next four weeks. So it's pretty cool for us because a lot of our mates mm. are around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we get to check out each other's show, but it's a really nice way to uh, celebrate Matariki here yeah. in Wellington as well. Yeah. And during Matariki, experienced and emerging writers gather in Wellington to develop new work. The Matariki Development Festival is taking place at the same time. And our, one of our key pieces in the Development Festival this year is a play called Many Pacquiao of Timberley, which is written by Natano Kenny and directed by Jamie McCaskill. So we're all super busy. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's a great way to 
to keep warm in Wellington. True. Um, but it's an awesome opportunity to ensure that Māori theatre and dance are incredibly visible um, for Wellington and the rest of the country to come and enjoy. Kāpai. So, Jamie, let's talk about Not In Our Neighbourhood. Of yes. course, Jamie um, took out the won the Bruce Mason Playwright Award. I think that's the official... I'm not too sure if that's the official title. Yep. Was it two, 2013? 2013, yeah. 2013. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Let's, let's head back a year and a half ago. So yeah. that, was, that, was, that was great. Actually, yeah. I got a call from media saying that my our script agent was looking for me and I just thought I owed um, <laughs> invoices <laughs> or money or something like that. Oh. Or a deadline, but I didn't actually know I was nominated. And that was for Manawa. But at that time, I was... At that time that I won that, I was just about to perform Not In Our Neighbourhood for the first time when I was working for Te Whariki Manawahini o Hauraki in, yeah. in Hauraki. Um, now, Jamie took me around his town aye. in Tikapa, so yeah. you can see that also. We'll have the links on our webpage. Yeah, yeah, but, that was yep, cool. That was not long after our kōrero. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And so um, writing Not In Our Neighbourhood after winning the Bruce Mason Award it just gives me a lot more confidence in it. I think the the whole... The whole point of the Bruce Mason Award is to keep people writing, and I guess that's what it has done. It's, you know, given me more confidence to keep on writing, I guess. Obviously, your mahi mm. inspired Not In Our Neighbourhood. Yeah, so the mahi I was doing for Te Whariki Manawahini Ahauraki was a performance advocate, so I was using the arts to advocate against violence towards women. Um, so Carly and I just put this show together in Thames, um, and performed it to the community there, and then we brought it down for the Putahi Festival last year, um, and it got a good response. So therefore, we're putting it on with a, for a longer season at, at Bats Theatre uh, next week, and I'm uh, really looking forward to it. And I've had time to rework it, restage it, and and um, just kind of ping it up a little bit more. Mm. But the the message is very clear to advocate against uh, against violence. And writing for Wahine is also a, a big challenge and to represent that as best I can without yeah, being too male. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as, as writers, you tackle, I mean, does it depend on what kind of issue you want to tackle when it comes to some light-hearted stuff to the real heavy-hitting type of stuff that you guys write? How does that um, eventuate? Is it just inspired by certain cope up in your lives? What I've learned over the years from writing is not try to put lots and lots of different ideas into one piece. So you focus mm. on, so what I want to write about, maybe I'll just write about that one thing and focus on that. Uh, in the past, I've written something, I'll, oh, I'll put this idea, put this idea, and put this <laughs> idea in here and try and get all my, all my thoughts into one script. So now I have, I have the more tools with which to just concentrate on one idea and then I can leave these other ideas for another play or a nice, film or radio nice. play or, or whatever medium we try. So, so is it about culling? Do you just have those ideas in yeah. editing? Yeah, yeah, editing, oh. culling ideas and, and shelving ideas and and really focusing on, on the cope-up of what we're trying to write about. So Not In Our Neighbourhood is definitely about domestic violence and then I've got other pieces which I want to be a comedy. And, yeah, yeah, and well, you good yeah, at it. Yeah, and just write something <laughs> nice and funny and try and not make it political and then then go somewhere dark and then, mm. yeah, just all these different kind of ways you can approach it. It's good It's good fun. I mean, you guys are quite a tight-knit no, uh, tight community with, you know, yeah. playwrights and the Māori um, creative community artists. Um, Jamie's also um, a very talented musician as well. How do you consistently 
kind of pump out the work? Because I was talking to Albert Bowers, and it's almost like he creates three different works a year. I don't know if he does, but how do you keep that creative process flowing? I don't know. I think we are just... Everyone's got a lot of ideas. I guess we all have a lot to say. I know, thinking of um, Jamie and Carly, myself and Hune, we often end up in positions where we've got several different projects flowing at the same time, which is um, a wonderful way to practice your stamina and your stress management. But... You know, we're artists and we have a real passion for our art form and and we do have a lot that uh, we each want to talk about that we know our community, our society, our country needs to talk about. Mm. So I think we take our... Well, I'll, I'll speak on behalf of us, Jamie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we take our role as artists really seriously. doesn't yes. mean we can't... It's not um, a hobby at all. It's no, a guy's job. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a profession and um, it doesn't mean we don't create... Um, Great comedy as well. We can, but uh, we just, yeah, we're incredibly um, passionate about our craft. Mm. And then doing, like, you know, of course, you know, working on your on your writing, how do you go and organise festivals and the admin of that and the funding <laughs> applications? And the, I note that you've got a few organisations that have helped. Te Papa Tongarewa is one. Yes, yeah. Uh, Te Kapa Productions, of course. Yeah. Um, Whiteface Crew is performing. Yeah, yeah. Whiteface Crew coming down from Auckland. We have uh, a lot of people who were wanting to get together, a lot of artists who were wanting to get together and collaborate on Ahika as well as Wellington venues. So nice. do include uh, Te Papa, um, Hannah Playhouse, Bats Theatre, Circa Theatre, as well as New Zealand Festival, um, Southern Cross Apartments. Nice. Everyone wants to ensure that... Um, Wellington continues to be a really dynamic and creative city. Uh, I think we have a lot of creative entrepreneurs who are based in this city. Teacupper Productions is one, mm. just like uh, Tawata Productions, like Harpai Productions. Mm. And we have an industry. We have a creative industry here. And if we combine our forces, <laughs> if we combine all our strengths, um, the city's just going to thrive. And we're finding more and more people are wanting to be here in Wellington during this time to be a part of Ahika Festival. And Jamie, I see that the, the suave modern Māori quartet is seen a few gems. It's awesome. So they're on board the Kaupapa as well. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie, just going off by what media said here, how do you, you know, kind of do the admin side of you, you own your own production company, you know, um, how do you maintain that Kaupapa whilst writing as well? Hard? Um yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, get, I often get depressed, <laughs> but uh, um, it's necessary. It's yeah. necessary, and it's it's just got it's just got to be done. And it's what I've learned from media and Hone over the years. Um, that things these things have got to be done. You've got to have your planning and organisation done. I've been lucky. I've brought in a a partner to Tea Cup of Productions, who named Sonia Hardy, who's been nice. working in the industry for years and kind of takes a lot of my workload away and I can concentrate on the artistic side of things um, and Sonia takes care of the production side of things so that's it's really great to be in that position to bring to bring Sonia aboard to a couple of productions but yeah it's just a necessity to, to survive within the 
mm. within the industry um, to be up to date with the funding applications and planning and mm. and that kind of stuff. And we were just a little production house, and we'll start with one show a year, and hopefully we just get a little bit bigger. Mm. So where can people get tickets for the um, Ahika Festival? Very important thing. A good place to check out is a hub for the festival called akfestival.com. It's our website. On the website, we have each show profiled, and if you hit the link to each show, it'll give you all of the ticketing details there. Uh, another good place to check out for those of you who are on Facebook <laughs> is Ahika AK Festival. And so if you check in with our Facebook page there, um, there will be direct links to each of the events as well. So that's a nice quick way to keep in touch with the shows, the productions, the performers. Yeah. So there you go, Fano. Go and... Um, Check out the information that media's just given. <laughs> we'll have all the links on our website as well. Award-winning playwrights, Media George and Jamie McCaskill. Thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora, Justine. Kia ora, Justine.